All right, so trying out this whole podcast recording craziness. So we're talking about a bunch of stuff. You know, the whole idea of the podcast is going to be around faith, family, fitness, and finance. You know, not necessarily saying we're going to hit all four on every single episode, but what's cool is that it gives multiple areas of focus that we can talk about that other people can listen to that they can feel that they can relate to in many different ways. Um, You know, talking about faith, family, and fitness for me is super important. And part of the reason for that is, you know, I look back and so many people ask, you know, well, why are you you lifting? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Like, why do you go to the gym so much? You know, there's multiple areas of, or there's multiple reasons. And probably the main one is, you know, for health-wise, you know, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy for my kids. Um, you know, I have a wife and two kids and, you know, for me, it's hard because cancer runs in my family and, you know, for, for me, I had thyroid cancer at 2020, almost 2021. I had it back in 2018 and, you know, thankfully for me and what everyone said, you know, I kind of picked the right one. I picked the right cancer and I got lucky, which is, which is very true. There was really no chemo, no radiation. You know, went in for surgery, it started to spread a little bit. They took the whole thyroid instead of half. But on my end, the hard part was, you know, back in 2012, or I'm sorry, no, 20, what, so it's, what, 2008, um, we lost my dad to pancreatic cancer. And about 20 years before that, lost my grandfather to pancreatic cancer. And the sad thing is that, you know, not much has really changed since then, not much has has changed research-wise or has changed, um, you know, early detection or anything like that. So, you know, kind of faith and fitness and family-wise, here's kind of my story. And, you know, we, it was January of 2008, and my mom gives me a call and says, hey, your dad, we're taking your dad into the hospital. You know, he turned jaundice, so if you don't know what jaundice means, it just means your body, you know, your skin and your eyes, everything kind of turns yellow. Um, so she said, you know, we're going to take him in. We're going to get it checked out. Well, as soon as I heard that, you know, I was at work and I immediately knew exactly what it was. It was on a Thursday, um, that this took place and I immediately knew he had pancreatic cancer. It was just, it was just one of those things where it could have been many different things. Um, but I immediately knew that's what it was. And, you know, so we, my wife and I, we went down, we didn't have kids then and we went down to see him, um, you know, they did, uh, they put a stent in, they did a biopsy on Friday. The biopsy came back that it was positive that for, you know, it was a positive cancer tumor. Um, and everything from there pretty, went pretty quick. You know, we, you know, there was a lot of praying involved. You know, my dad, just background on him, he was a, um, he was a Lutheran pastor, um, graduated from seminary back in 1998. So we, you know, we moved around a little bit, not a whole lot, but we moved around a good bit. And, um, but yeah, he was a Lutheran pastor. And so obviously that we were praying, his church was praying, everybody was praying. Um, and very quickly they said, Hey, you know, we can do this thing called a Whipple procedure. And I'm not going to go into details. If you want to look it up, you can look it up. Um, but it was really the only option outside of chemo, but it was the, it was an option to get rid of the tumors an option to, um, I guess you take out part of the pancreas or the whole pancreas, but it was an option that we had to really get rid of it and, and move past it. So, um, it was maybe a couple, maybe a week later. 
something like that. We, you know, he was in the hospital and he was going to go in for the procedure. It was going to be like a four-hour procedure, five-hour procedure. And I wasn't even at the hospital yet. My mom was. And um, he, you know, we get there and my mom's already talking and there's other people there. And she, she and my uncle take me into a room. And, uh, you know, it was my mom, my uncle, myself, and my wife. It was a very small room. Um, they're in the waiting area um, down at Johns Hopkins. Or no, yeah, Johns Hopkins, I think it was in Towson. And um, we, uh, you know, she said, hey, they, you know, the doctor already came out and said that uh, they opened him up. And as soon as they opened him up, they realized that it had completely spread. It had spread to his liver. Uh, it, was, it had spread all around. And they basically were saying, listen, you know, at this point, there's nothing, surgically wise, there's absolutely nothing that they can do. Um, so they closed him back up and, uh, you know, we went up to the, we just kind of hung out a little bit until he was being moved up to his room from recovery and he woke up and, you know, we told him what was going on. Um, and at that point we knew it was going to be a fight. Uh, so, you know, we're now January, maybe early February is when the surgery was, it was 2008 and we knew it was going to be a fight and it was going to be a, lo a long road ahead. Um, so at that point, you know, it was decided, okay, we're going to do chemo. Um, which if you've never experienced anyone on chemo, it's very difficult to watch. And I remember there were so many days, you know, for the next nine months, um, 10 months that went by and there were so many days and, you know, you just pray and you pray that, you know, you take the pain away, that you find a way to heal them. You know, for me, it was hard because my dad was a pastor and, you know, I, I, I was kind of thought about it, and I'm like, you know, he was always healthy. You know, he worked out. Um, you know, he and I, we always talked about working out together, and it just unfortunately never happened. But he was very into being healthy, to working out. He didn't eat bad. He didn't, you know, every so often he had a beer, but it wasn't anything crazy. And, you know, he was a healthy guy. Um, and, you know, seeing someone go through that and me just praying and praying and praying and saying, you know, Lord, can, you know, just find a way to heal him, you know, just take the pain away from him, and, you know, there were even times where I said, give me his pain, you know, let me, let me take on that burden for him, so he doesn't have to, because I, you know, just from talking to him, I knew what he was going through, and seeing him, I knew what he was going through, um, and then there was a little bit of resentment at the same time, you know, thinking, how could this happen to someone who is, you know, his purpose is to spread the word of God, his purpose is to be there for other people and to pray for other people and to ask for healing for other people and to be in the hospital and, and seeing people on at their lowest. How is it that somebody who is doing so much good in the world can be burdened by something so horrible as cancer, you know, especially pancreatic cancer, because it's just complete disaster. And they're, they're starting to get a, become a lot of resentment. And I'll never forget, it was on a Monday, you know, he passed away on December 17th, um, it was, which was a Wednesday, so it wasn't the, that Monday that week, but the Monday before. Um, my mom calls me and says, hey, can you come down? Um, we're going to take him home. You know, he just wants to be at home at this point. And that, to me, I knew that was it was over. You know, I knew there wasn't going to be a whole lot left. They were going to call in hospice. So we, I went there, and I stayed there until the following Tuesday, Monday, um, and I left that Monday night to go home, um, and 
you know, I remember getting a picture with him that night before I left. And you could just see, I mean, he was so skinny. He was so pale. Um, you know, cancer alone takes so much away from your body. And he was probably in the 200s beforehand, you know, and maybe maybe even 185. And when he passed away, he was probably 130. I mean, he's so, so skinny. And I remember... I remember saying to him before I left the house, you know, don't leave before I can come back. And I remember coming home. I went into work on that Tuesday. And I woke up on Wednesday. It was about 7.30. And I woke up to my mom giving me a call. And I knew as soon as I heard my phone ring, I knew I, I knew that's what it was. And I woke up to her calling me and just say that he went to be with the Lord. And, you know, that was probably you know, one of the hardest calls I ever had to take, and, you know, I remember my, my wife, Melissa, was doing something in the, in the, the closet, and, um, and I told her, and she, I just remember, I, she just came over and just grabbed me, and I, honestly, I, I cannot think of a worse time in, in life, but then to hear when you get a call and they say, and someone says to you that, you know, you're, you're, you know, a family member passed away. And especially when it's your dad and, you know, he's your, your, your father. And that happens. And that is the, the absolute worst feeling. Um, and from that point, probably for the next, I mean, we're in 2020 now, almost 10 years. I just wasn't right, you know, and, and I, I went, you know, we went to church, we attended church at times. Um, but you know, the pray, I got away from praying. Um, I got away from working out for a while. I wasn't super into it back then. Um, you know, but I lost a lot I lost a lot of focus on so many areas. Um, <clears throat> but it wasn't until 2000, you know, 2020 with COVID and the pandemic and all this other nonsense going on that I finally really sat down and and focus on the right things, and a lot of that had to do with church, and had to do with faith, and, you know, faith is so much more than just asking for, for prayers, and asking, and talking to God, but it's about putting your trust back in it, and, you know, putting your trust back into something that you had so much resentment towards for so long is very difficult, and that's about anything, death, whatever it might be, but just remembering that you got to have faith in what's going on and that there was a plan. And you know what? There are so many times, again, I prayed that he was in, that, you know, for him to just be better and to be in no more pain. And that's where he is now, you know? It took me a long time to realize that. But, you know, I'm, I think my, my relationship now with my family, with my wife, with my kids, with God is in such a different place. It's in such a better place now. Um, than it has been in so long, and, you know, I, if you're local, great, if you're not, you know, you won't know what I'm talking about, but, uh, my wife and I go to LCBC, um, church in Mechanicsburg, so LCBC West Shore, um, you know, and it stands for Lives Changed by Christ, and it didn't honestly click for me until we met an awesome family that goes there, um, you know, it's my workout buddy, um, but, you know, this family has just been a complete blessing to us. And part of the reason for that is because, you know, we can we can have just basic conversations. 
but everything that we do, everything that we talk about is, is ultimately centered around our faith. And, you know, my dad used to end church in a very specific way. Um, it was, let the Lord bless you and keep you. Let his light shine upon you and be gracious to you. Let the Lord be upon you with favor and give you peace. And that was how he ended every service. And it wasn't until this year that I finally I heard that in this church. And it was how they ended the church. They ended service. And that's how I knew I was in the right place. That's how I knew that he was really with me. And no matter what I forgot, no matter how much I forgot about that, I remembered at that moment that, you know what, this is where I need to be. This is family. And and being a part of that church, going there, and I wouldn't have known that, honestly, if I wouldn't have met this other family and this other guy. And, you know, his wife and kids, or his wife and son, you know, they are awesome. And we, our families get along so well. But, you know, that's where it all tied back for me, you know, where it's not just your immediate family, but, you know, those around you are family. And that really helped me really focus in on not just family, but, you know, helping me go to the gym and find a place of peace and a place where I can maintain being healthy, but at the same point, remind me something of my dad. Um, you know, so family fitness, but then your faith, you know, it's all about faith. It's all about what you trust. You know, every morning on the way to the gym and afterwards, you know, he and I send a message back and we pray. And I've never done that before. And I've never really been the big prayer type. You know, I've tried, but I'm always very hesitant, especially around people, because I feel like I feel stupid or I sound stupid. So I don't really do it a lot. But comfort zones have been so much better. And, you know, I'm personally just on a completely different level. And all I can say is, if you're listening to this awesome this is the second time, third time, fourth time you listen to this podcast, great. If it's the first time, you know, hopefully it, it helps you. Um, hopefully you can relate. And if you can't, you know, that's fine, not a big deal. Uh, but the whole point of this is for people to, to relate back to something or for people to hear a story that that they might be feeling or feel or help people see something differently that they're feeling and they don't know how to come out of their shell with something. Because I can tell you right now, I've come out of my shell a lot. And I've rarely told my full story, and honestly, this isn't even the full story about it, but I've rarely gone into so much detail about things, and, you know, when you, when I look at those things, when I look at faith and family and fitness, you know, it all wraps into one, one, one ring for me, one circle for me, where it's just, it's never ending, you know, it's always there, and it's one after another after another, they're all connected, they're all combined with each other, and they all have one purpose for me, so, Hopefully this will help. If you want to listen to more, you know, come back. You know, Chris and I, Chris is the guy I talked about with him and his family. Um, you know, we'll be doing different things together. But, you know, in the end, it's all about giving back and remembering, being thankful, remembering what Jesus did, what God has done, what they continue to do. And, you know, yay, people come and go. You're going to lose people. But... At the end of the day, it's all about where your focus is and all about having faith that there is another step, that there is a purpose behind what you're doing, that that no matter what, Jesus is there for you, that he did die for you, that he has saved you, and just remember that. And when you can think about those things, you know, it'll make you stronger.